Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Folks, it's NBA Draft Day, and we're really pumped. So tonight, check out NBA Draft Code Chad Ford, Locked in NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked in NBA host John Corrales, as well as Evan and I, when the Cavs make picks or trades or whatever, they'll be live covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked in NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, and follow Locked in NBA on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the by seven. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Justin, I can't believe you're back for round two. And I can't believe that obviously I haven't talked to you in a whole day and that we're not doing these back to back. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm glad that I was able to carve out two afternoons and uh, made this work. Evan, I guess, how are you? you guess um i'm good man it's been a while since we last spoke i've worn the same clothes just because of how hard it's been emotionally to be without you and justin but i'm glad we're back together my, my life feels complete again how are you chris i never ask you that enough i just kind of just go ahead and roll with the conversation well you know how that i i had three days in a row of things going on just made me very tired as evan, just evan if you had to describe what my energy level is at like on monday evening what would you describe it as uh you were cooked yeah <laughs> I was, one of my favorite things when i listen to the hoop collective is wendy asking people how they are and then never really acknowledging it like he just kind of powers through with the next introduction look, <laughs> it's purely the formality of it and it cracks me up every single time this is a quick segue but i i feel like it's necessary did you guys see that the i don't remember what podcast it was but they made like they were promoing an episode into promo it they clipped together a bunch of clips of wendy and zach Lowe. Uh, talking about bacon and Red Robin from their. Oh my reads. god! It's no, I, I didn't I will, see that. I will, but send, I, I, will, I will send this to you guys in our in our G chat um, because Thank it's, you. it's. I watched about five times when I saw it. It was just like <laughs> this, just Wendy yelling bacon and candied bacon was just like oh. incredible stuff. I'm gonna ask him about those ad reads if I run into him in Vegas. Um, oh no, he might be in. He'll be in Tokyo, I assume. Anyway, um, oh, I'm I'm so sorry for your look, loss. I'm gonna like meet some randos and like you know lose 90 pounds for you the heat and hopefully don't get the delta anyway um ben well excuse me don't call bill Filippo a rando love- take it back no bill's bill's okay anyway first question there's the derail of the day folks like 30 seconds into the show and i did it to myself anyway first question comes from ben harold in our discord Ben also has a brown, has bronze players in his avatar, which is a bold choice for a Cavs Discord. Anyway, is there a Cavs trade they can make to push the chips in, like CP3 to the Suns or Drew to the Bucks? Ooh. Hmm. I'm going to say no, but I'm willing to hear. I, I want to see what you guys even think of the concept of the Cavs being in a spot to do this. I think the answer to, like, is, there, is that trade or signing available to them? I think the answer is no. And I also would say that, like, that is not where this roster is at right now. Like, there is not a... Booker, there is not a Yan, there is not a Giannis who just needs like not Eric Careful. Bledsoe in there. 
Going to get your fingers cut off. They're already gone, out. dude. I'm going to just lose my hands next. I'll get some cool prosthetics. Have you seen the robot shooting NBA basketballs? It's incredible. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's something like that available. Um, I think the presence of Damian Lillard, the potential presence of Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, guys like that being at least floated as possible trade options is going to keep the powder dry for a lot of teams. Like New Orleans isn't going to trade Brandon Ingram in a consolidating of assets move where the Cavs are attaching picks, maybe one or two of their young guys to get someone like Brandon Ingram or an established second contract player that can put them over the top because New Orleans might be saving that for Damian Lillard. Like a, a lot of these teams, a lot of uh, like Jalen Brown, as an example, those type of players are going to be on hold in case one of those established stars comes on the market. They're not going to be looking for the kind of move like what Indiana did with Paul George, where they traded him for Sabonis and Oladipo, hoping that those guys could replicate the production of Paul George, which I, I think would be the type of move that the Cavs would need to make if you're looking to have an established talent. But with bigger fish on the market, I just don't think the conditions are right for such a deal to be possible. I mean, the only possibility of there being a deal is the fact that there's a report out there that Damian Lillard is excited with the potential of playing with like a playmaking athletic big. <laughs> hey, Dame, Evan Mobley's going third overall, buddy, and he had ton of a potential assist at USC. So if you want to come to Cleveland, just give Lachon Cavs a quick call. We want to get the scoop first. But I, I don't really see anything realistic. Maybe if Ben Simmons value is so low, the Cavs are able to entice him with a former all-star and Kevin Love and a potential all-star all-star and Colin Sexton. The, the, if, if the value for Ben Simmons falls that far, that's, that's, that's a wild pivot. It's in the market. pretty dire, but well, you guys saw the report, what Maury was asking Toronto for, right? It was oh, Lowry uh, Van yeah, Vliet. Uh, it was OG and the fourth overall pick. Like that. It's, it's the franchise outside of Seattle. Yeah. It's a God, it's Godfather offers. And like, I don't, I, yeah, we're so that the Cavs are, I don't the, think the, the Cavs, Cavs have the ammo for who, that or nor should no, they. Who did, and they, they did inquire about Ben and I'm all in on them doing stuff like that. They should make those kind of yeah, plays, especially due when, diligence. And it's, but you know, like, especially because Ben is like an under contract guy. It's not like a risk thing. Um, the, I think like the scenario you want to get to is like, even like maybe even more so is sort of, I I think like the, I think like these examples plus the Kawhi Toronto example are things that become really worth it. If you can take those risks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I totally agree. Yeah. I just don't see those scenarios being available, which is why my best case scenario is that being someone like Joe Ingles, like for every Chris Paul or Drew Holiday scenario, there's also like the Gordon Hayward. Uh, to, to Charlotte that, that made a big difference to them. Like there are moves that maybe it's not your best player, but sometimes having that fourth guy that connects the existing core that just makes everything fall into place and make sense. Maybe that becomes available. Like, I, I think that's mm -hmm. probably a more realistic place to place your hopes. And then, I, I mean, it's always fun. Like, if the young core actually steps up and they are the catalyst of a playoff run, that's something you can feel so damn good about. So, like, that's that's where my hopes are right now. But I've been known to be a homer for well, over a decade now. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's just, it is an interesting thought exercise, but I just don't think the Cavs really have the ammunition or they really are in the place to make that kind of move. They're not like Toronto where they're a solid enough team with Lowry and DeRozan being the headliners for that. And, you know, just slowly developing a lot of good young pieces on top of that. But 
Like, that's the best example I can think of if the Cavs wanted to copy a team where they accumulated nice pieces and then went all in on a superstar for maybe a year, or if they can extend it for longer than that, sure. But I just I don't really see anything right now, and I think the Cavs have higher priorities at this point. Um, if Chris edits my GD article for the Soul, Evan, it's I, I, hiring an assistant coach. I, I'm going to get to this, and it's going to run on, on Wednesday. Cool, 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 cool. So... This, op- so people, this episode yeah. is actually recorded after the article posted, so <laughs> there you Definitely go. Definitely didn't record this ahead of time. Um, Not at I, all. I think realistically the Cavs are like a year or two away from a, a, more, a bigger stakes move like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and, I think that's accurate. And, and that's been the thing that I've yelled about in the past when it comes to like Portland comparisons. The issue with portland was they didn't consolidate their talent at the right time and when they did make those type of moves they did it for the wrong guys they went all in on evan turner they they traded multiple first round picks for robert covington like the the mistake wasn't giving cj a second contract it was not like attaching cj with multiple picks for paul george or Kawhi or like uh, any of these other stars that became available in that window like they could have beat toronto's offer for Kawhi. They easily could have beat the offer that Indy got for Paul George. Like, yes, it worked out for Indy, but at the time, Oladipo was viewed as one of the worst contracts in the league and Sabonis hadn't shown anything. If you're throwing CJ McCollum and multiple picks for Paul George, you probably would have got him at that time. So it, to, to me, that's the that's the tricky thing when it comes to team building is figuring out the right time to consolidate talent and, and to go in for one of those stars. I don't think it's yet. I, I think the, the pieces they have still have the ability to raise their profile, to raise their trade value, to make such a move. I, ju- I just don't think that time is now. Yeah, the other... Yeah. The other other thing I just want to say, I think, before we go into break, is just that like, I also just think you you the Cavs are a a type of franchise where I think like depleting unless like it's like you can get a title and like this is like your the window so so widely open for you and the the state of the league where like you should be not I think throwing draft picks away just willy nilly. I I think like and it seems like they're walking back, maybe being super super aggressive this offseason in that sense to some degree, like not trying to rush anything. But I I. I, I think like maybe like you can justify it if you like two picks in one draft and you love a guy and like you're gonna build that guy or whatever. But I I think like th- or it's like a Luca trade you get like Luca or Trey or someone like that in terms of like a draft pick. But I I think throwing away picks to throw stuff at the wall is not a the Cavs basically can't be the Lakers or like the Nets or or in theory like the Knicks right like yep <laughs> like they just not gonna be able to do that. Um, so we'll see. I I and I really think like. You know the it'd be, I would like to visit the alternate reality where um, what what is the situ the cap situation in the roster look like now if Kevin Love is not signed to that extension because that is a that is just a world where like you have much more financial flexibility to get creative in ways that you've not been able to take on some bad money maybe get more picks like there was just like I don't think it's full thunder I don't think the Cavs are wired to go full Presty. But I, I think there's a reality no. where I think there's stuff's a little bit different now, but you're seeing like an abridged version of that now because there are there are there is willingness to do stuff, but the financial uh, it's not quite as open range. Like a, a big reason, for example, they did was we talked about uh, earlier in the week. Like one of the reasons they couldn't get that tenth pick is they couldn't just absorb Bledsoe straight up. Like they had to send salary back to make that work, and New Orleans wasn't mm-hmm. really interested in that. But Evan. We got to pay some bills. Uh, you're going to tell everyone about fixing up, fixing up their car if that's what they need. 
This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low enough for every customer. They have everything from all. Ed, 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 they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their "How did you hear about us?" box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, we're back. Let's go to another question here for the mailbag. Okay. From Trey in the chat. Looking for another lottery pick is great, but do you see Brandon Boston Jr. as a consolation prize? What's his ceiling like? I feel like he's a late lottery talent that couldn't put it all together due to injuries and how Kentucky system can't sort of can can sort of bottleneck sort of players. I think there's a typo in his question. But um, I, I'm going to pair that with another question uh, that we got about second-round picks. So basically, are there any second-round picks you'd like to see the Cavs do something to go get to his Boston on that list. What do you think of him? And, and what would you guys think of going to get another second round level talent? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, mm-hmm. Boston and Jason Preston, I, I think would be kind of the, the two that would pop up. That would be interesting. I mean, Preston, uh, obviously that, that Justin, would be a really Justin. Just, if, uh, if the Cavs drafted Jason Preston, Chris, Chris would be a bigger team player than you ever I mean, are. When do, you know how, uh, do you know how unbelievably annoying Carter and I will be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what would it be like for you and Carter to be annoying? Tell me, Chris. <laughs> That's well, a good well one. But, but, but for the but for the chase down listeners, Carter Rodriguez would actually watch a game. Hey, oh, wow. But yeah, well legitimately like, yeah, continue. Yeah, like not a whole lot to it. Like, I, I just think I, I haven't done a ton of second round research. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Those are two names that at least I'm aware of that would be interesting to me. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it. Like if they feel confident that they can get someone like that or um, it just a, a ball handler, like especially when it comes to point guards, I, I always find point guards interesting when, when you're looking at the second round, because I do feel like there are experienced ball handlers in college that just fall in the draft because they don't have perceived upside. And when you're talking about that versus spending a ton of money on a backup point guard, like Atlanta did with Chris Dunn and they got five points all season for $5 million. Like I, I think that there's more upside there and we've seen even Toronto do it. Like Terrence Davis was a very impactful rookie for them. He went undrafted. Fred Van Vliet was undrafted. I just feel like there, there's so many ball handlers out there that if you're getting a second round pick, yes, you probably want to spend some money on an established backup point guard, but bringing in someone that you feel confident in that you can take a flyer on, I, I think would be at least an upside play. That would be interesting if the cost is right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to look at it, the scope of things. Like this Kentucky team was bad. I think John Calipari was complaining about so many things because he wasn't able to out recruit everybody and just let the talent figure itself out. Like BJ Boston was a highly recruited high school prospect, and I think his time at Kentucky did tank his draft stock. But I also think it really put into perspective that he needs. 
a year, possibly two years max of seasoning at the NBA level to really be a contributing player. But there are some folks out there who think he can contribute immediately and he better be better off playing in an NBA system than he would at the system in Kentucky because most Kentucky players don't really look that great because of Calipari's system. But at the same time, I, if the Cavs bought a second-round pick, like I've heard from a few folks that the Cavs are pretty high on B.J. Boston, they are high on Jason Preston too, and Justin and I might be forming our own podcast, and Chris and Carter can go do their own thing if that happens. But um, <laughs> Lockdown Ohio, lock, the chase, the, the Lockdown Ohio Bobcats brought to you by the Chase by second place in the MAC tournament to the Akron Zips. But anywho. Um, I think B.J. Boston would be a good play for Cleveland, but I think he'd spend a lot of time in Cleveland, but with a charge for a little bit, and maybe he could some minutes with the Cavs because injuries happen and other things can happen too where it could really throw things sideways for Cleveland. But he's more of a long-term play, and you see what you have. It's not like a KPJ where you trade four second-round picks in cash to draft B.J. Boston. You could buy a second-round pick and maybe take B.J. Boston, but it's tough for me. Like I like B.J. Boston. I like Justin or uh, Jason Preston. Um, like Justin, I haven't really looked. Yeah. I like me I'm too. glad you do. That's good. See positivity on this pod <laughs> self, everyone at home, tell yourself you love yourself. Like that's, that's key on a day to day basis. But uh, like Matthew hurt. I remember like Trevor Magnotti was really high on him. He could have be available really late in the second round. Um, Luke Garza. If you know, Dan Gilbert just wants to buy a second round pick to take one of the best college players from last year. Like that's an option too. Um, I don't know. Like Isaiah Todd showed some flashes and I know front of the pod, Jay Kyle man is higher on him than most people are, but he didn't have a great time with the G league Ignite program. So he could be available in the second round. Like there are options there. And I think these are players you just want to secure so you can get them in house. And then either you don't, either you sign them to a long-term contract, they show out in summer league and in training camp and everything else, or you send them down to the charge and you let them season and marinate within your system and within your coaching and such. And then take a stab at him next year or a year from now. Like, they did it with Dean Wade. They did the patience play, but Dean Wade was a two-way contract. And I think the Cavs could use a second-round pick to kind of do something similar where they just keep him in Canton the whole time, and then eventually they become a rotation piece. But I wouldn't hate the idea of any of these players. I think anyone you're going to do this with, I think the way to do it, especially just where they are now, is I think you go Canton charge a lot of minutes for them. The Canton charge don't exist, Chief. Try again. Sorry, sorry, Cle- Cleveland Charge playing at the Wolstein Center. Like, I think you do... Sorry, it's the Charge NBA G League franchise right now. I'm not... That's... Okay, it's the Cleveland... They're going to be the Cleveland Charge. What I... I think, like, Preston, I think Boston, I think Josh Christopher. I think what you do with any of these guys you might go get is you... You get a one-year veteran stopgap. So, like, let's, let's say they take Preston. Um, let's say they, they get into, like, pick... 40 and you take Preston there mm. you he's I he's I, like I don't think he's gonna be available I really don't I don't either but ESPN has him at 40 I, I know they right do now. but like there's smoke that the Clippers are interested in him at 25 I think Denver's interested in him at 26 like I don't it, it's a big win for the Mac I'm, I'm just saying Mac in general but yeah. I don't think he's gonna be available in the second yeah. round yeah Regardless of what I'm saying, I'm just saying I think what you do, like if you can get someone like that in the second round, unless I'm shooting him as the example. Okay. Let's say that happens. I think you like get a one-year stopgap for like your backup point guard. I think that could, you know, whether that's Austin Rivers, McConnell, you just, Evan just facilitated a really good round table. 
um, for that. And I I would I would do like get a one year stopgap option, and then like a year from now, like you get him a ton of time. I think you need to actually just embrace the G League, is what I'm trying to say with one of these guys. I think like that actually would have been like a really good thing for Kevin Porter Jr. in a lot of ways, and Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. didn't really get that opportunity. So. Like yeah. I, unfortunately, the G League season yeah, didn't start yeah. until after. Yeah, like I, I think there are G League structural questions that we don't, we shouldn't get into here because we don't have the time. Um, nor or do I think I have the knowledge on on some of that. But I, I would try to season them in the G League. You still have in practice with the team, but like you say, like we're gonna get you a lot of game time, and we're gonna like you'll travel sometimes with us. So you understand what it's like to go on the road and go through all of that, but we're gonna get you a lot of game time. I think that's a really I, I would embrace it just wholeheartedly as like an actual developmental program in a way that the organization I think just hasn't until now. But Evan, we gotta take one more break. I'm gonna tell everyone about Bet Online, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and the promo code is locked on. All right, last question here, guys. Want to hear something gross? Uh, Matt George no. in the locked on of NBA official DM, which oh, I have I not been banned this. yet from again. Uh, K, he said the Cavs traded Kevin Love and number three to the Pacers for Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and thirteen. I'd be so beside myself. In two K, in two K to preface, but <laughs> hope so. I hope you didn't just like kill someone with that from stress. You, you might have. See well, can can I be real this for a the second? Day of the draft, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to derail this for just a half second because the the fact that I'm on live with you right now, Evan, you are getting aggregated oh. and you are getting ratioed to hell with this headline at Fear the Sword that the Cavs are trying to get rid of Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> I, defend uh, yourself. Well, he didn't. He didn't. T- he, get he, rid. He, what? He, what he, didn't, a word. he didn't tell me he was posting this, so I, I'm 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 washing my he hands. Wash his this. hands of this because I'm technically the associate to the editor, in, the assistant to the editor in chief of Fear the Sword. Um, I don't know. My time at Forbes taught me one thing. It's just that, you know, sometimes edgy article titles get clicks, and I think that's what we're going to get. Let's check the Fear the Sword comment section to see if I want to rip my eyes out. Typing. Anyway. I, I mean, the answer is usually Only yes. Only four comments. I, I, I cool. just wanted to get you to defend yourself in, in well, real Ryan time. Well, Ryan Morton's logged into the account, yeah, his, uh, his, his phone's blowing up right now. Oh, he Ryan's having fun with it. Sorry. Okay, here's our last question from I am Mr. Robot. Assuming we pick Mobley, of course, which like I think is going to happen, what does our PF slash center room, PF slash C room, power forward center room look like next season? Who goes and who stays? Thank you for cl- thank you it's for very clarifying top because people could think PFC stood for PF Changs or something. So I'm glad you did that. This is tough though. I think a lot of it does hinge on what the team does with Kevin Love. Do they trade him? Do they buy him out? Do they bring him back next year? Because I think realistically, if you bring in Evan Mobley, and I know J.B. Bickerstaff is a coach that says, hey, you got to earn it. Um, 
I think you want to pencil in Mobley as a starting four going next year. I, 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 I just really want to say there's not a there's not a front court rotation next year that I that I think benefits anyone that Kevin Love is still in. See, that's what I'm saying though because fans are so gung ho about getting rid of Larry Nance Jr. That's you know like as the fear the sword oh, said. I, what you, um, yeah, that that that, that fake uh, news that, block fear the sword. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the, the theoretical fit of Larry Nance at the four and Evan Mobley at the five is pretty good. I M H O, but. If you were to put a gun to my head and Kevin Love was still on the roster, I think it'd be positionless to an extent, but you'd have Mobley, Nance, Love, Allen in that like four-man rotation, and you just kind of filter in between those four, between four and five. If Love is gone, Dean Wade gets some fringe minutes, but I think that JB tries to still find a way to have Dean Wade find some minutes, but he'd be the fifth man in that point. Yeah, uh, it, like in theory, Kevin Love and Evan Mobley sharing the floor together should yes. work like th- that should be something that's interesting. Now, uh, finding everybody enough minutes is going to be tricky, but let's say you don't bring back Harnstein in that scenario and Mobley is playing those back of five minutes. It'd be really interesting to see Kevin Love play those minutes and then Mobley just defends the least or the, the more mobile of the two big men and, and Kevin Love can guard the larger players. Is Kevin Love okay with 15 to 20 minutes a night? I don't know. Like the, these are the tough decisions that I'm glad I don't have to make um, when, when Kobe's evaluating whether or not there's a trade available or if buyout's the only way to go. At this point, I would be incredibly skeptical that they could find a trade partner based on how the Olympics went. But I, I mean, there, there is versatility there. Um, this is one of those scenarios where I'm happy that JB experimented with Larry and Wade playing together uh, as the three and four. Like, that actually kind of worked and might be something that they need to do uh, if they don't bring in a, an experienced forward like a, a Joe Ingles or, or someone that can space the floor rea- reliably. Maybe maybe you got to get Dean Wade out there as the, the spacer at the three or Larry plays that role. So there, there is a lot of ways that you can get creative with it, but it definitely is a little awkward and we'll see how receptive those players are to each role. Yeah, I, I'm of the mind that I think you go, you, you can start Mobley and Allen, Nance can be your backup four. He can play a little three. He can kind of flow between seven. I like I you mean depending on what you want to do. Like if he needs to play some three, I can probably tolerate that to some extent. I think he should also play some small ball five in certain instances, or like maybe Mobley's like on the floor with him, but like he's maybe like the guy rolling to the rim in certain sets. Like I think you have to embrace sort of the fluidity of those guys if you're gonna really make it the most of it. Um, I think like Torin Prince, if he's on the roster, can be like a serviceable four at times if you want to do that at certain points. That's true. Um, I think Dean Wade like looked like a really interesting piece. It's like a as a thing, and I look, I I understand that like people like he's not the pedigree isn't there from, but like, I think you should be trying to develop Lamar Stevens types players. Like I, I think like you, if you're the Cavs, you need to be an organization that like can take some of those pieces and try to make the most of them. He might be a guy that needs Canton time or Cleveland time, excuse me, with the G League. He might be someone that, like, maybe his shot kind of holds him back, but, like, he plays hard, he's strong, like, he's got the frame to play some of those minutes. Like, I think you you can cobble together enough of, like, your fourth big guy or, like, fifth big guy between, like, Wade and Stevens and Prince and, and, and whatnot. Like, I th- and maybe Okoro's going to guard some forwards this year. We'll see kind of where his frame takes him. But I think you have enough where, like, I think your front court position is, like, clearly the strongest group you have on the team talent wise i mean i think like a mobley allen nance top three is like pretty darn 
good if you embrace the fluidity of them you embrace the weirdness of them and you don't sort of try to play them traditionally i think like the biggest hang-up i have about conceptual rights and the Cavs is like i need we i, I think my biggest thing and maybe we'll have to talk about this and, and re hook up again before the season starts justin but like i i kind of think my biggest hang-up with any of these rotation questions just like i just need to see jb like get a little weird to see some of the color in, in in some of the gray between some of the things here and get a little get a little weird with it and embrace just again like all the way different ways you could put these pieces on the chessboard yeah yeah i mean so much of this depends on how guys look right like what does everyone look like after the offseason will be added to their game i mean there is ways that you can get creative we'll, we'll see what roster changes come but i i do like that versatility is likely going to be something that's at their disposal which i i think is one of kind of the the arguments or not if not an argument one of the things that gas twitter is wondering is how versatile can this coaching staff be how what adjustments can they make there wasn't the personnel last year uh just due to availability to find out a lot of that i think that people weren't thrilled with how vanilla the offense was at times but now that you you likely are going to have pieces that can do a lot of different things what's this coaching staff going to do i I think that's really really interesting and is going to be one of the storylines early next season um i i do chuckle just thinking of if you are up two and you have to or two or three and you have to defend i would love to see a substitution where all of a sudden it's just okoro larry mobley and allen as just we're shutting everything down line up <laughs> i want that i want to see them just absolutely just make some teams life well there's happen. also like the yeah. theoretical of dakai stonkin like putting that bug in my ear of them trading for Deont- dejounte murray and you have like murray okoro nance Moly, Allen, like no shooting, but goddamn, yeah, JB the, uh, would have a blast defensively. We, we hate yeah, shooting well, apparently. You know, JB said he wants to play a little bit of a uh, 80s style basketball. I think that's the best way to do it. <laughs> that's gonna be it, Justin. If people don't know, and I'm, I doubt they do, they doubt they don't. Excuse me. Wow, rude of me. But uh, tell everyone about the chase down, what you guys are doing, and, and where they can find what's coming later in the week here. And, and obviously, we're recording this on draft day ahead of the draft. So, you know. Yeah, uh, find the chase down wherever you got this podcast. I, I think that's probably the most reliable way to communicate that on this medium. And follow me on Twitter at Kaz Anita. Uh And got to tell you, are you a Spotify podcast guy, Justin? I am. Okay, it's, Absolutely. it's so much better. It's unbelievable. It's a, it's a good life change. Yes. I, I will give Spotify credit for that. Yes. All right. Evan, we're going to get out of we here. Um, anything you want to plug as we get out? Any any last-second thoughts? Uh, as always, I'm doing the Velosano in September. If you guys could donate, I'd really appreciate it. Really share my campaign link. That would mean a lot because I'm writing for folks who are dealing with cancer or still battling with cancer and for those who have lost their battle as well. Um, I've lost some family to cancer. I'm sure you know people who are dealing with or have lost their battle to cancer too. And you know, fuck that disease. Like, fuck it raw. Like, hardcore. And it's the worst. And so, if we can find a way to stop it and cure it through the help of the Cleveland Clinic, by all means, donate. But if you can't totally understand, just share the link and spread the word for me. I really appreciate it. 
yes, please do that. Um, and, and last plug here, as a reminder, check out the live NBA Draft Show tonight. NBA Draft Coach Chad Ford, Locked in NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked in NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked on NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Bill Park. Get local expert analysis on each pick, and follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our coverage live on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See y'all then, and talk to you tomorrow after we kind of assume the Cavs are going to pick Evan Mobley. Great, man.